right. Sunny, welcome into the Dream Talking Dimension. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, I'm going to start off. Uh, I got certain things that are just in my brain. I just got to spiel out and then we'll get to the good stuff. I feel really cool right now because there's a sense of home that I, I missed Paul's talk on Wednesday and I'm going to miss it tomorrow as well. Um, I'm working more than usual. And so I'm very glad that the, uh, the forces of the universe opened up a little window, a little parting of the clouds that we could squeeze this in. I can hang out with one of my favorite dudes in the known universe and one of my newer favorite dudes. Uh, I got so much out of our very brief phone conversation last week, uh, and it just sparked all sorts of excitements of things to explore. I don't even know where to start, but I'll start by opening it up to you. Um, with uh, the question I like hitting people with, which is, um, can you think back on the first sort of clue or the first moment that um, you, you, you got an idea that there's something more going on here than the, um, the agreed upon consensus on reality? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, uh, first of all, let me, uh, <laughs> let me thank you, Nick, uh, and Mike for inviting me. I'm new to this group. I was so new, right? Just about three weeks. So I was, uh, I was, uh, shocked or surprised, you know, so, but it's a conversation. So I love these conversations. As a matter of fact, I have been starving for, you know, a, a group of fellow travelers such as yours and such I know as the these. feeling, man. For all my life. <laughs> if you're all lonely, uh, you know, we're all lone, lone flyers, right? Yes, <laughs> Until we yes. find our, our flock, so to speak. And, uh, and I've been flying solo for, I would say, man, ever since I can remember, I think the earliest hint I had that there was something larger than, than this very immediate reality that we get caught up in was probably when I was maybe sixth, seventh, eighth grade, uh, I think it came of necessity maybe because I think there might've been like a big exam the following day and I'm like <laughs> brooding and nervous the night before. And all of a sudden maybe I was like sleeping on top of the roof at my house or maybe in a boarding school where I could see through the window, the stars. And I started pondering, man, you know, the stars so far away and the universe expanding. And then we are, you know, I'm not, the earth is just a small part of this big universe. And a country like India is even smaller and my hometown is even smaller, you know, and, and so just seemed to relax me to, to feel the insignificance as hard as it is to understand yep. is that when I, I sort of sense yeah. that I'm so insignificant in this larger scheme of things, well, why the hell do I have to worry about the exam tomorrow? <laughs> right? so, <I> <laughs> Did it work? You know, it's amazing because, <laughs> because, you know, today we get so much, we get so much solace or freedom out of knowing that there's no me. Yes. Right. I mean, if we truly are in that mode, then we are free. Because you don't have to worry about anything because there's yeah. nothing we can do. Yes. And it was just a small glimpse at that time. And I just kind of every chance I got, and I had a I came over to America at a very young age alone, at the age of around 15, 16, wow. really with no contact. This was very early uh, in the 1980s. And 
I pretty much lost touch with my family back in India. There was no real mode of communication, no telephones in my house. And, and so the only thing that I could connect to back in India at that time was going, raiding the libraries for books, any books that were about India or that yeah. culture or that background. <laughs> and for better or worse, they were almost all spiritual. Uh -huh. So I started reading them and my, my interest developed from there on. And uh, so, yeah, I've always had an inkling that there is something bigger than this, uh, this reality that I, you know, that we all see. Cool, man. Wow, what a great intro. There's so much already that I got popping up in my, uh, my little algorithm here. Um, <laughs> very cool. The first thing that popped up for me was the kind of universal dream that people have of um, studying for an exam, studying for an exam. And then you either get a moment of lucidness in the dream where you go, oh, wait a minute. This is a dream. There's no exam. I'm going to wake up and get out of this. Or you get that the moment you wake up, right? It's very real for you. The one, I used to have that. And then once I started my job, the reoccurring dream that will still come in sometimes is I'm running late to my first day of a new job and I miss the exit. <laughs> it's, it's like a reoccurring, it's an it's a adult manifestation of the, you know, oh, there's a test and I didn't study for it. Or there's an exam and I didn't study for it. Uh, so that's always, it's a beautiful, I love, as I think I've, I've heard little hints from you too, the um, using the dream as, a, as an analogy for, you know, waking dreaming, right? That right. Things can, uh -huh. Yeah, things can feel very real and significant in a dream. And then the moment you wake up, you see it was all a dream. And you can, that is a nice little hint of what's available on this side. There is no exam, right? <laughs> there is no job to be late to. Or, right. You know, the only problem is I have to have a, a higher dimension uh, or level to realize that dream level. Right? So when I wake up from my sleeping dream, I get, I guess, to a different dimension away from that. Yeah. But I'm not immersed in the sleeping dream to see, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't real. But my problem is that I'm so engrossed in this current waking dream yes. that it's difficult sometimes, yes. right, for us to get removed perhaps to a higher level or a different level to see that this waking dream is, waking reality is really a dream. But I guess it can happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, just as you said that, I was thinking it's, the, part of maybe what makes it hard is the idea of wanting it to sustain through time. Because in a moment, for, for me at least, I don't know, it's been the, the message, and I've been talking with Keith a lot. It's hard to put words on it, but it's something like seeing the dreaming as dreaming is it's only available in this moment. And as soon as the mind or time, <laughs> we're getting deep into it right away, I love it. As soon as the mind or time comes into the picture, then it becomes very difficult to see the dreaming as yeah. dreaming. But it, it it's, seems to be easier in, in some weird way to see it in the moment. And then actually the punchline is it can only be seen in the moment. Once the mind, past, future, wanting it to sustain, yada, yada, yada comes in, then it, it becomes impossible, right? Because you're now yeah, identified, yeah. You're, yeah. You're identified as that which exists in time, you know? What is this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, the Advaita, the Advaita Vedanta has this running analogy on, you know, how uh, there's three states that we experience that, uh, you know, the, 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 the dream sleep state, and then the deep sleep state, and then the waking awake, awake, state right and and they say the uh, in the dream state like you mentioned there is a world we create there is a tiger that seems so real that's chasing me and i'm 
sweating and running and things like that, but it's not real. And we, in our awake state, we realized that was all, you know, unreal. It was unreal, right? It's imaginary. Now in the deep sleep, they say that there's, there's no world. We are not a king. We are not a pauper. We have no ego, right? But there's still an awareness or a consciousness that's kind of aware of it in a way, because otherwise when we wake up into our awake reality, we won't remember that we had been asleep. So there is a underlying sort of a substratum awareness or a consciousness that's common to all three states. But each state is, has its own time and space, whatever, and they don't mix. And, and this is a pretty big theme in Advaita Vedanta and just says that, that whatever number of hours we might be in deep sleep, when our ego is not surfaced, our mind is not thinking, that's our most restful state, right? We connect to the, to the whatever that's our source. The only problem is we as Sonny or Mike or Nick are not aware of it, right? And, and they say the Samadhi or Nirvana or Satori or whatever, right? Moksha is having that same deep sleep state except being awake and mm-hmm. being aware of it. So there's no ego. There's, there's probably thoughts and thinking, but it's not a self as Paul would call self. Right? So I've always kind of come across that, though it's difficult to kind of, uh, you know, uh, internalize that on, as, a daily, as a daily, you know, living. Yeah, and, and Sonny can't internalize it, right? And Nick can't internalize it. Nick came after the Samadhi. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what came up and claimed to have the Samadhi. But the, the emptiness, the, the, that which is prior, it's, it's a beautiful, you know, Ramana uses it a lot, Paul uses it. What's prior to it, and, and obviously in, in the recipe of that um, deep, dreamless state, the empty, the whatever, in that recipe, there's no additives. There is no Nick, there is no right. Sunny, there is no time, there is no relativity, right? Those, those are all ingredients that are added after, you know, and, and none of these, we're using words, you know, my disclaimer in every podcast, we're using words to explain shit that's beyond words, but um, once you see all, the, I guess that's getting back to the seeing the dreaming as dreaming, is seeing Nick could only be dreaming time could only be dreaming because if it were real then it would be the same thing forever you know unchanging and what is the only the only hit we can get of something that's unchanging forever outside of time is that emptiness that blank slate that that uh unborn as you know michael rodriguez one of my early teachers used to say i really like that phrase unborn what what is there before anything is born you know right. boom <laughs> And I wanted to say, too, uh, so I don't know, are we like five minutes in? You've already, like, earned your A+, dude. (laughs) Like, you hit us with enough. We got into this so quick. No, 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 no. Everything from here is you. (laughs) You mentioned Paul, man. I mean, I feel so um, fortunate to have found him, even though I've been kicking around with this stuff for years. Not earnestly, I've never really attended quote-unquote, intensives or satsangs. It's just been reading. Yeah, I may have spent a couple of weeks uh, five, seven years ago in Rishikesh, but that happens to be close to my in-law's house, you know? So if I'm visiting there, I have an interest in that kind of stuff. I just, you know, I visited Rishikesh. But it's been even, you know, it's not been intensive seeking per se, but I've been interested in this. And Paul is such a fresh 
breath of fresh air because he's so direct. I mean, he is, I would, he's so direct and he directs to that one, one sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, delusion that we all seekers have. And maybe when I was reading, I was always reading the message or thinking about the message or looking at the message as Sonny, the action figure, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and he's so crystal clear in saying that's never going to do anything. The message has to be heard and read and whatever by the what we are prior to, prior to that action, yeah, yeah. Like prior to our being, because our being is in time and space, and what we originally are is uh, prior to time and space, right? Like you yeah. said, the being. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been really nice, even though I've only known him for about three weeks or so. That his direct pointing of that has has been very instrumental in in something else changing in in my you know whatever the consciousness or the action figure seeing the folly of what maybe he was doing before that's it that's more so i think i said it over the phone last week that um and i, I don't i've said in a podcast too that i more and more what i'm seeing is what paul offers is an end to seeking right it, it's he doesn't offer that you're gonna find what you are you know, you're, or that you're going to get the ultimate truth or you're going to know what true reality is. I think what the message offers is an end to seeking. And you see the futility in believing that Sonny will ever find it or that Nick is going to find it yeah. in the next YouTube video or in the next book. And yeah. um, there's something radical about that to me. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's so simple, as you said, but it's very radical in that not a lot of people are coming and saying, like, not only... People will mention it in passing, and I say, like, teachers, Adi Ashanti or Rupert Spira or some of the more popular in the little uh, punk rock non-duality world. Um, they'll, they'll mention it here and there, but Paul, that's the whole emphasis. The first Wednesday night meeting I ever went to, he started it off with, I'll promise you one thing, you're going to get nothing. <laughs> you're and I mean nothing, yeah. and he just, don't, he just leans into it. I mean zilch, nada. And you're going to go like, oh, yeah, I'm good with nothing, but something's going to be holding out for something. And, and that's going to be sorely disappointed. Like, he's such an emphasis on that. And in, in the end, yeah. like, uh, yeah, who knows in the fucking end. But, but the best that I can report is Nick sees the futility in ever finding what, it, what he is, what it is, because what it is is what it is, regardless of Nick, you know? Um, and so that reminded me of another thing is uh, – I, I love doing this on the podcast, the back, you know, the kind of backstory. Um, I was initially inspired to ask you to do the podcast on Mike's recommendation um, because uh, I guess you had stayed late after one of the talks, our little we hang out afterwards, virtually simulating, you know, when we used to hang out and have coffee after talks when the world was somewhat normal right. and we met in person. And, uh, and one of the things that Mike and I kind of said was it's cool to take podcasts to me are such a cool snapshot of a time of a relative time and place where this is still early, This is still new for Sonny. This is, you know, three, you said three weeks you've been listening to Paul now or a month or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's still very early on, you know, and it's, it's, uh, I, I don't have any podcasts or recordings of me three weeks in. I think I started after about a year into listening to Paul stuff. Um, and so that's the other cool thing. And I was thinking like, people love having pictures of their grandparents or stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't care about a picture, but if you could give me a podcast of my, of my grandpa, oh, yeah. you know, when he was my age, 
that's fucking priceless, you know? Like, what a cool snapshot in time and really getting to know somebody. So that's another thing is always in the back of my mind because I listen to so much Alan Watts, Ram Dass, old school stuff, is I go, Some, I can't help but have a feeling somebody in 50 years is going to be listening to this. And, you know, maybe it is your grandchildren or maybe it's my grandchildren. You know, who knows? And that's always a cool thing, too. So that's just recognizing this cool little... Uh, work of art that we're engaged in right now you know so yeah yeah we have to figure it out absolutely yeah. <laughs> though, though i think that if uh, if paul's message is landing anywhere there would be no difference or there would be no no <laughs> desire to go back and 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 look at that right because yeah no, exactly, <laughs> that's all right? just action figure trying to <laughs> you know make something out of uh, nothing, because if we are nothing, then that past doesn't really exist either. T totally, man. And I have so uh, many of these I mean, What I like about Paul, okay, what I like about Paul is just, you know, and, and the others is that we just flow, just flow with wherever that river is flowing without any intentionalities or volition to where I need to go or where I have been, right? And that's freeing. Now, to your point about Paul's message emphasis on this, who's listening to the message, it's been, it's, you know, now that I go back and, and reread my Ashtavakra Gita's and, and Ramana Maharshi and, and the Sargadatta and the Upanishads, it's all there. I just yeah. didn't have the year to hear it. And it's there. The only problem is, is maybe there's mixed up in a in large volume of 300, 400 pages, whereas Paul is just so relentless, man. So that's pretty much one of his, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three. Ten years from now, he can come back and tell me the same <laughs> message. Yeah. You know, and so we have, you know, we get it. We get it. We have to get it. If you don't get it now, you get it 10 years from now, right? It's yeah. the same message, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty, beautiful part of it. You can see it's genuine. It comes from experience and not from reading a whole lot of stuff or having attended yeah. a lot of gurus satsangs, right? <laughs> so, and it hits us because he's talking our language as well, right? As opposed yeah. to maybe Gita's uh, and so forth and Upanishads. Yeah, totally, man. And and I, I don't want to lose the thread too much because I do like uh, I, I like using the opportunity to get to know the story of Sunny as much as you want to share or care to share. Because there's a lot of interesting stuff in there, man, coming to the U.S. at 15 by yourself. Um, I, I like and there's something so cool about um, wanting a taste of home of, you know, all you knew at that age was India and finding it in the local library and spiritual books. That's a really, there's some really cool, juicy, interesting things in there. So uh, we'll, we'll, let's, we're jumping all over the place, but let's go, let's go back to 15 year old Sonny. Uh, why did you come to the United States? What was the, what was the story around that? Well, I just, uh, I just happened to have been given a gift of being able to take multiple choice tests and mm -hmm. ace them regardless of how difficult they were. And that being able to pass tests led me to uh, scholarships from a very early age where I even got a scholarship to the best boarding school uh, in India at the age of 12, where, you know, all the, all the, all the richest industrialists and, you know, movers and shakers, they send their kids to, and I didn't fit in there. That was actually my first dissonance. That was my first moving in and, and feeling uncomfortable, which I think sometimes is a, is a good thing, right? To, to kind of push us into this kind of seeking otherwise you know if it's sort of you know semi-comfortable in our world we don't necessarily start asking questions uh, and then from there I, I, I got another scholarship to come to US uh, uh, they 
they, they chose three kids from each country. And uh, I ended up in New Mexico, Las Vegas, New Mexico, which is, you know, a lot of us ended up at Las Vegas, Nevada, which happens to be a much bigger place than Las Vegas, New Mexico. I didn't know there was a Las Vegas, New Mexico. How big is it? Uh, it's probably 5,000 people. And at that time, this was 1982, I think the closest McDonald's was like two hours drive away. So you can, you can kind of get the picture. And there were a hundred of us that landed in that campus. And, uh, that was the first year, so there was a lot of uh, logistical problems in getting that school running. And then from there on, I stayed here. I just, I just felt very lonely, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I felt removed and kind of flung about in this, this world, whereas I had this sense of self that was blown beyond proportion, ego, with all the very early successes. Yeah. And when this, yeah. those successes didn't line up, you know, <laughs> being sort of thrown in the ocean, uh, you know, there was a lot of questioning. There was a lot of suffering. There was a lot of uh, loneliness that I think I always um, probably did, you know, looked at as self-pity. But in hindsight now, I look at it, wow, man, it, it, it forced me to look deeper, right? It, to look beyond the surface level. And, and not just be, you know, be lost in, in the daily humdrum of company and life just going as, you know, society, because I really was removed from anything that maybe was very comfortable. And so, it, you know, it's been, in hindsight, I think it was sort of, you know, uh, my destiny, so to speak, to yeah. be, to be uh, you know, led here. Yeah, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, um, I have a lot of kinship and I can relate to that a lot. Uh, the feeling of being an outsider. I mean, it sounds like you had it circumstantially on steroids. Um, that you. So I'm guessing you grew up in somewhat of a, a lower income family and you were the, the first boarding school was a lot of elitist and aristocrat kind of high yes, society. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. For what the what those kids used to get for pocket change, my dad used to make as a yearly salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can so I can imagine. Big disconnect. I yeah. can imagine uh, a feeling that I I've had it throughout my whole life. Every job, every scenario of uh, I'm a fraud and everyone's going to find out I don't belong here. Right? Yes. <laughs> you're trying and you're trying to fake it till you make it, but you know, oh, they're gonna one of these days. They're, I'm gonna get exposed. And it seems like to jump from that to then jump to the U.S. And so you're saying the first school was a hundred kids, but only three from each country. So you're you're with kids from all over the world. Is that is that right? Correct. Wow, yes. wow. And, and I'm sure they speak beyond the language barrier, the cultural you know divide and barrier. Like talk about being a stranger in a strange land. That's <laughs> I can only imagine. Yes. Um. And, and again and again. So. I'm just, I'm honoring, like, yes, I felt like an outsider, but at least I, I haven't left the Bay Area. I grew up in the Bay Area. I, I'm still here. So it, I can relate to the feeling of being an outsider and only imagine the circumstances of, like, just really being forced into uh, um, a place where you really, really feel like an outsider. Um, and I was thinking, again, I, I reflect so much on, like, I'm so glad I wasn't popular when I was young. I'm so glad that... I didn't fit in because I see people now where I go, oh, they, they had enough to hold on to that they just stuck it out with what they could hold on to. You know, mm -hmm. like they, mm -hmm. they could hold on to their popularity 
or they're belonging to the church or they're belonging to a sports team. And then um, if you can kind of like ride that yeah, they're out. They're still suffering, but their suffering is at a manageable level where they don't yep. have to jump out of the, the, the warm water, right? Because it's not boiling yet. And for us, yes, yes. <laughs> it and, got and, to boiling pretty soon. Yes, yes, yes. And you yeah. said a, a word that I use all the time is it was out of necessity. I, I felt the same thing that yes. I, I had to figure something out and, and I've used this before that part, part of it was having a family young and having kids young and having other people counting on me that, you know, I, I couldn't, I didn't have enough to hold on to, to keep this identity intact where I could push the shadow stuff aside and just bull on forward. Like it was like, you're going to face this shit, you know, right now in this lifetime or, or you're kind of screwed, you know? So it was a, it was a necessity. And I, I look back on all those things that, you know, at the time I never would have wished for, I wouldn't have wished on my worst enemy. Those things drove me to where I am now. So they all become blessings in retrospect, you know? Um, yes. So I just, yeah. Please. No, that's, that's absolutely right. Yeah. That's, it's, it's a blessing in disguise. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a path that each one of us walks and it's, it's I guess, predestined, but, all I can say today is that this action figure is much more at rest, much more at peace. And, uh, and I, can, I can imagine perhaps if I didn't have to go through some of that fire, trial by fire, maybe I would be happy continue to live a life of quiet desperation, right? Which I think somebody, a famous author described that that's the lot of the human being, I guess. Buddha also, because I remember reading Buddha from a very young age and it was always described life is suffering. I said, what kind of nonsense is that? What do you mean? That is such a, a you know, like pessimistic view that life is suffering. Uh, life can be good, right? But today I look at it and say, yeah, for the most part, human beings are, for the most part, you know, they, they go through suffering, the levels change, but there is definitely a lot of suffering and today it's great to see that that suffering doesn't have to continue, right? For me, uh, or this action figure, uh, and perhaps the action figures around me, I try to kind of, uh, in as gentle a way as I can, uh, you know, transmit this to my kids. Uh, you know, my 14, 15 year old, she's, she's kind of spiritual and she'll probably need it because she's again that action figure that's very ambitious and competitive and can be very self-incriminating, incriminating, right? Uh, but it's 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 beautiful that today we realize that yeah I think if we focus on this me this sunny as being a real person a real thing and everything that's done like Weibo Wei says right that uh, why are we unhappy because 99.9 percent .9 of everything we do is to make ourselves happy and if we do it for ourselves but there is no self. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Something's not landed here. <laughs> uh, and so that self can try. <laughs> that self can try all at once, but it's just going to create a lot of messes. And it's nice to uh, to to sort of begin to rest. And I don't know whether I'm there yet or not. But it's begin to rest where uh, in that prior to this identity, prior to Sunny. Uh, and, and totally, man. And what, what hit me as you said that, the, the way we weigh, which I, I've, I've read and I've heard Paul say, um, it, it hit me that the, 
the self that wants to find happiness um, tends to only report that it found it for a brief moment, right? It, it's striving and striving, looking for peace and contentment and happiness, and it had it for like a day when everything was perfect at the retreat or, um, you know, uh, when they got home from the long work week on a Friday and they drank a whole bottle of wine, whatever circumstances they have that line up, that they had that thing for a second, but then they went, they fell right... Even, and this, Paul says this all the time, once you've found the peace and contentment, you're instantly worried about losing it again because all mm -hmm. of this shit, what's the, what's the key ingredient? Time. As long as there's a self that in time wants to sustain this thing, it's very fragile. And it's, it's, you can kind of just happen by accident like that uh, a, a, a broken clock is right twice a day kind of thing. Like it yep. just, you sort of stumble upon it. And one of the shifts that happen, and this is, again, just me reporting the best that I can, is in a way that kind of flips on its head and the peace and contentment in a way becomes the baseline because and then you see when nick when the self comes in and you watch that activity is what you're not and yes it can it could cause suffering or it could cause whatever but then it goes and then whereas it used to be like 99% suffering 1% peace it kind of flips around in a certain way and it becomes 99% you know, this, I'm here, you know, it's not happening to anyone. And then the someone comes in every now and then and, and you recognize that more and more. Um, so that was something that popped up for me as, as you were sharing that. Um, and, and again, yeah, and that's become, it's become much real. And we're talking about that, it's become much real, much more real. Really, it happened in the last three weeks, ever since I started attending Paul's But even prior to that, because this COVID thing has been a blessing in disguise, as bad as it is. Is that it's it's forced forced my business to shut down from hundred to zero, so I you know it's going to open up maybe in about another two or three months. So it kind of um, gave me a nice out to have a spiritual retreat, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I've been having a nice spiritual yeah. retreat for past two and a half months, and uh, really a lot of revisiting, uh, uh, you know, the Sadhuaita message, the Wevu uh, Wei Daoist message. Zen and then with Paul, uh, and and there was a there was a little group that I joined Ashtavakra Gita reading group, and I think we talked about it, right? There was a reading done about, uh, and I was reading this one verse in Ashtavakra Gita, which is you know which is considered to be a much more direct message than any of the other Gitas. Uh, people might have heard of uh, Bhagavad Gita, which is the most common one, but Ashtavakra Gita is considered like four levels above that in terms of how clean and direct and uh, the message is. And in there, and I think you and I have talked about it a little bit on our personal call, there was this thing about, you know, uh, let me see if I can read it. It says that having given up external and internal self-modifications and the illusion. So we get, having given up the external and internal self-modifications and the illusion, I am the reflected individual self, the lowercase self, then we meditate on the Atman as immutable consciousness and non-dual. And the word that I had never read or internalized or really landed on me was reflected. We are the reflected self. So I started, started thinking, what is this reflected self? And then, you know, you and I talked about it, right? There's the reflection of the moon in South Bronx, half moon in South Bronx, and half moon in Beverly Hills Pool, and half moon in maybe a place in India, 
a very spiritual place like a Raman Ashram and, and, and maybe somewhere else. And each one of those half moons thinks, right, that it's a real entity. And it's uh, the one in South Branch, let's say, which I am, is self-pitying and, 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 and really like, why am I stuck in this place and all this yeah. drug needles floating in my yeah. environment and this I water and all of a sudden shooting at me and I'm, why can't I be a Beverly Hills <laughs> half moon, right? And each one of us has associated, you know, if I'm that half moon is this body, mind and, and emotions, right? then man, I can try all I want, but I'm not gonna get out of my that self until I look back perhaps and get this realization that I'm not this reflection that is on the body water, right? Uh, I am actually the moon that's up in the sky, but actually I'm not even the moon. I'm the sunlight that's reflected off of the moon and comes to me, so I am the light. Wow, so wait a second, what, what about the, the guy who's in the Beverly Hills pool? Well, he's not his reflection, he's also the light, he's actually the same light as me. So if it's the same light as me, those two moons, there are billions of half moons floating all over, they're all the same light. That made it really real for me, and then now it's been interesting to go, like live my daily life, and then I get into the selfing mode, <laughs> Sunny, as a, then I look back, and it's easier for me to go back and say, yeah, well, I'm not that half reflect, half moon that's reflected trying to make changes in its circumstances. And if I'm especially having a conflict with somebody, I can more easily, I'm not saying I do it, I can more easily yeah. simply say, well, he's the same light as me. And I think in the Bible, they talk about the light that lighteth all light. And light is a, a beautiful, uh, I guess, analogy or whatever metaphor for uh, you know what we truly are, but it never made it real for me until I looked at this Ashtavakra Gita verse as we are reflected self or we are reflected absolute, reflected light. Much easier for me to then say, Oh, okay, I get it. Holy shit, <laughs> so good, man! So much, so many ideas popping into my brain. It's beautiful, it's fucking beautiful, and it, it's got that Paul quality of like the one, two, three, like, you know, the, the jab cross hook where <laughs> it hits you, it hits you with the reflection and you can kind of go like, yeah, I could see, you know, myself being a reflection. And then it hits you with no, but actually there's only one moon reflecting in all these million relative places. And you kind of, Ooh, okay. There's a one, two. Now I'm a little shaky. <laughs> and then the three is no, you're not even the moon. It's the light shining off of the moon. It just gives me that beautiful, I was lost, I was mesmerized as you're sharing that, that beautiful nowhere to stand, nowhere, you know, and it over the head, Nick can't grab it. I, I fucking love it. Um, <laughs> can't see that fucking light. <laughs> yeah, I can't, yeah, where's the light? And I was thinking of the idea. <laughs> can, can you imagine that half moon in the South Bronx gets this message from a guru? Or a Swami or something, and then it's trying. That half moon is trying to become the moon and trying yeah. to get the light. Yeah. I mean, that would be ridiculous, right? Yeah, of it's course. Totally ridiculous. <laughs> it's this Sunny trying to become the light as yeah. the selfing Sunny figure, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's it, that man. Sunny still has to live on the lake. Sunny still has to live. The self figure still has to live in that pond. So it's got to, in, in Hinduism, there's this world called Maya, which is the world is an illusion but there's also something called upaya 
and and upaya is how does this illusory figure live constructively in this illusory world yeah so you know think of it like in india i remember when i was up in the himalayas which is where my boarding school was and we used to take these trips all the way up to 15000 feet uh, up above in the mountains just four or five kids we would have to draft a plan and we would have to take our these are like 12 13 14 year old kids in three or four groups of three or four and i remember we had to go across a, a river up in the and and there was pretty bad rapids pretty bad rapids and and the boatman said no don't worry we were like scared how do we get across he said no i'm going to get you and so he's really like he's skilled at pointing his boat in certain direction and then changing those direction to go through this rapid right and he's not pointing straight he's pointing in weird places in the beginning mm-hmm. and and then he's go sometimes going da- uh, down sometimes he's going up i'm like no no we got to go there no 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 he's like relax i know where we're going but uh, you know somebody like me is going to try to attack that illusion straight on go straight to where i need to go and i get lost or get tipped over all the time so right so the sunny the the illusory figure that's trying to navigate the south bronx muddy still has to have maybe some ways i guess right uh maybe to to live in that peacefully right so i can't check out as a yeah. sunny the illusion and check out i got mortgage to pay i got kids to support and wife to support right but it's nice that i think resting in that awareness or resting in that light or state uh as as paul calls it makes it uh you know lighter traveling right so the the figure can actually do what it needs to do or what at least deal with whatever is coming his way absolutely man and that's a funny twist in the non-duality world one of the the go-to convincing things of the ego we'll call it or the selfing is well if i just give up then everything's going to fall apart right and and the funny the the uh the paradoxical thing about it is actually in my personal experience and i've heard other people report the same thing there's been too much nick in the recipe a lot of nick creates more collateral damage creates more of a mess when you take nick out of the equation more and more and and you're you're able to go with the flow of the river right instead of no i'm convinced that i need to be pointed straight oh it knocked me over again okay maybe i can give this shit up and and i i love the the skillful mean kind of uh aspect of the message in that it's it's very practical the interest and attention when it's stuck in the mind in the mental state focused on uh resentments and ideas about the past focused on worries and anxieties about the future all that energy has has been locked here and isn't available for what this moment this interaction right the, the, what what's happening now it's everything is locked up in what's not happening and if you're stuck in what's not happening you go everything i've ever learned told me the boat needs to be straight right now mm-hmm. right and oh i got knocked over again right whereas when when the interest and attention is allowed to to redistribute here in what's happening then something else takes over and it's not my buddy at work all the time he always goes i'm left brained i'm left brained and i'm like i'm like dude the left brain is you know going to only get you so far it, you know it, it's a great tool but it's a terrible master and and giving that up to something else uh allows for yeah you know a, a higher power of its own understanding instead of of your understanding
You know, when, when you have an idea of, you know, okay, I'm totally good with giving it over to a higher power, but I'm going to, I'm going to create the roles of what the higher power should be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, right, God, right, I'm playing right, God right, right, 100%. Right. But, but seeing the futility in Nick trying to play God, in, in Sonny creating the standard for what a higher power should be, seeing the futility in that, allowing it to drop, something else can take over. And then the parenting and all that stuff almost in a way becomes effortless. And, and yes. the, 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 the hard stuff comes in once the selfing starts to seem a little bit convincing again and become real of, you know, of, of wanting to have any control over it. It's totally a dance. There's no one answer for it. But I'm so glad there's voices like Paul and his message out there to offer another way. You know, perhaps there's another way. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> It's a beautiful man. Um, uh, so much came up to, for me when you gave that little uh, that raft story, and I, it's all gone. But it, it triggered that other run. And what I was thinking too during that, and I'm going to get it here on the podcast. Um, I I got Patrick and Keith to meet over dream talking over here. I think I need to get Patrick to meet uh, Sunny too. Because Same one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so Patrick studied um, non duality and. Uh, philosophy, yeah. in philosophy in university and he read the I can never say it, the Gita's one of the Gita's maybe it was okay. the Gita you're talking about and he's very much into the stuff and has more of a, a intellectual background and history on it so if you're willing I'm sure he'd be willing maybe we can uh, we, he did a Hwang Po one which you actually text me about and said you really liked um, so I, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna yeah I heard him yeah okay would you be willing to do a podcast with him I'm gonna get you on record now Sure, sure. Yes, Paul says you gotta say yes to everything, right? <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So we'll have we'll have a Gita uh, episode. Um, I don't know, sometime soon. So, okay, where the hell do we go from here? <laughs> I'm, go I'm going back to fifteen-year-old Sonny in Las Vegas, New, New Mexico. <laughs> New Mexico. <laughs> Uh, uh, I love your framing of your very. I mean, if good I had my way, I would have chosen Las Vegas, Nevada. Of if course. I had my way, right? <laughs> man, at fifteen, are you kidding me? Uh, okay. Um, so I, I love the way you framed it too. Is that you're really good at taking tests? <laughs> I like that instead of uh, saying that you're a genius. And I and I personalized it. I yeah, personalized yeah, yeah. it that uh -huh. it was me and my doing. I'm the doer, man. And then if I could do that. Why can't I do the rest of the stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure there's something heavy in there of like, all these people are telling me I'm special and really, really smart, but I don't quite feel like, I feel like something's missing. I feel like an outsider. I feel like whatever. And I could imagine that creating some baggage too. You know what I mean? Oh, um, huge baggage. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so just for the sake of trying to get somewhat on this timeline, um, when did, when do the books start coming in? What, which particular, uh, teachers or, or books really spoke to you at a young age? And, and one thing that just popped in my mind that, uh, I'm going to tease is over our conversation on the phone, you said you had a dark night of the soul, uh, like, I don't know, five or six years ago. And, and that was just too juicy to not get on the podcast. So I got to hear about the dark night of the soul. So let's say right now we got 15 year old Sonny. Uh, in Las Vegas in the super elite genius school and then we got Dark Knight of the Soul so let's fill in the gaps there first <laughs> we'll get to the juicy stuff 
Yeah, I think it was all set up with this, uh, you know, even younger than that, seven, eight, nine-year-old Sonny, having this just one special ability, God-given ability to take tests and ace it. And then he starts taking this all as, oh, look what I can do, especially in a place like India, you know, that academic success is like, Lord, I mean, that's the only thing that's focused on sports and all that stuff. Nowadays, maybe, but in the 80s, that's definitely not the case. And so I really took it all very personally and made this big ego of myself that, you know, look how big I am in terms of that. I can only, and so my idea of success was like unrealistic <laughs> high, right? So it set me up for a lot of uh, failures and fear of failures and suffering and, uh, and, and you know, I started, I started using alcohol as a way to kind of, as a medicine, so to speak, right, where it got really bad. So even though, you know, there were ups and downs in my quote unquote material successes, it was never good enough, never, never good enough to what I had maybe thought as a 15, 16 year old, right? Yeah. So it was always like this failure, self-pitying kind of a thing. And then, uh, you know, drinking alcohol got pretty bad and I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame alcohol, but I think just the notion of this ego, the self, the doer, why can't I, I gotta do it harder, I gotta do it better. Why am I not happy? Why am I not a quote unquote success? And this idea of success was even much bigger than it should be, right? Uh, and then I, the other thing that bothered me was that I had this idea of success, but I was never materialistic in the sense that I, I, I would never buy cars. I would never spend money on myself. Whenever I had money, I would kind of give it away mostly to my family. Uh, and in the beginning, you know, I thought it's just a question of time. And then later on, I realized that I'm just not motivated to acquire material success. And yet I, I thought that was the idea of being a productive person or a successful person, right? And that was the goal of life. And so I couldn't conflict the two. And so I took refuge. I couldn't, you know, consile the two. I took refuge in alcohol, I think, to kind of calm me down. And it's, it, my best times would be having a, a glass of scotch and watching spiritual stuff. I remember back in 1993, having a scotch and watching DeMello, uh, Anthony DeMello. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a Jesuit priest. He, he's a Goan Jesuit priest from India and has a book called, I think, Awakening. Beautiful. He brings a Catholic message, combines the Catholic and the sort of Indian uh, Upanishadic message together. Uh, he was uh, featured on PBS. He was very famous. Uh, I would, uh, so he spoke to me quite a bit. Uh, I remember being early on interested in Upanishads. I've got some books. This was 30, 35 years ago, just because as a part of my going to the library and I, I, I got a book that said um, something about the, the Upanishad and the quantum physics. And mm -hmm. I, I had a very scientific sort of an education or bent of mind. So I really like the fact that there's something scientific to this spirituality. Um, but the dark night of the soul happened five years ago, October 14, 2014, because I had completely lost interest in this world. I had a, a young family, two young kids and a wife, and I really didn't feel any juice to, to work, to, to go after anything that quote unquote work or job success so much so that actually I engineered a layoff 
from my own company. <laughs> I just did. Uh, and then I did nothing for two years. And at the same time, I didn't feel any motivation to do anything. So it was, it was, it was kind of bad. Uh, I, I just felt that I was drinking quite a bit as well. And so I, no matter what I tried, and this was a pattern even before, no matter what I tried, I just couldn't line up my idea of what I need to do with what I was doing. And it was all, of course, based on, I need to do it. I need to improve myself. I need to do this. And so something happened October 14, 2014, 3 a.m. I remember I was really at the bottom of my bottom. I just felt like, you know, why am I so useless? I'm not serving my family. I'm not doing right by them. I'm not doing right by anybody. And it, it, the dam broke, so to speak. And I all of a sudden said, and I'm not the guy, kind of guy who prays, was a praying guy, you know, where you pray to God, God, please. You know, so this was the first time that I really, truly uh, said, God, please help me, please. There's, you know, if there's, if there's anything up there that can help me, please help me, I gave up. So there was a surrender in hindsight that I look at, there was surrender that happened, not of my own doing, it just happened. And actually I, I remember opening up the Gita, which you know, was right next to my, uh, in my book, in my bed, on a bookshelf. And I, I don't know if I can find it here or not, but it was a beautiful little uh, phrase, verse in there that completely, completely set me at peace. And it had something to do with like, even the worst and the worst of the worst of the sinners can actually find their way to freedom if they just uh, have trust and get on this spiritual raft. Hmm. And the, the raft, I think, word is used in here. Somehow something clicked and the surrender happened. And uh, I, I was in that state. It was beautiful. A lot of meditation came in. I started reading a lot of uh, books. And, uh, and Nisargadatta for the first time came in. Uh, Ram, Ramana Maharshi for the first time really came in. Uh, and then I, um, you know, I think, I think that was really the start of my experiential uh, spiritual journey yeah. uh, starting in 2014. Prior to that, it was all sort of an intellectual cultural interest but this was like man i'm so far pressed into the corner there's nothing i give up and then i think there was space then for something else to come in i think paul describes it what happens it, what happened in the trailer for him and a download happened so a download of the sorts happened for me but it took a it took it took quite some time for stabilizing quite some time to stabilize and i think hearing paul's message was really big because all the time, Sonny was trying to stabilize himself into that yeah. awareness. Uh -huh. And when Paul said, Sonny can't do it. <laughs> Sonny can't do it. <laughs> it's the sheep and the, and the lion example yeah. as well. That clicked in me as well. And then yesterday he talked about the pooper scooper. I mean, that's amazing. Get rid of the dog. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Wow, beautiful, man. Uh, God, I don't even know where to start. Thank you for sharing that. Um, no, thank you for letting me share. I know I rambled off there a lot of bit. You know, yeah, know. and one of the things that hit me is, is as you were saying, a surrender happened. You saw that Sonny could not handle it. Sonny couldn't fix it. And you asked God, you asked a higher power, please help me. Um, which, you know, that is a, that's a theme in, in, in so many 
people's stories. It was a theme in my story. I, I really thought Nick had to hold it all together, and Nick could not fucking handle it anymore, and collapsed. And, and I believe that once that collapse happened, it means it's all over, you know? Life as I know it is done. The universe is gone. Nick's little universe is gone. And then, oh, wait, no, something continued. And then we, in this funny way, Paul will sometimes say, Johnny, come lately. You know, <laughs> it takes us a while to realize what the fuck really happened, right? And I, I was laughing about when you said, um, you know, over those, those five years from that to hearing the message from Paul, um, you believed you had to do something to stabilize it, right? And... and and the, the, the point of the first collapse was you can't do anything about this. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's one of the insidious things of, of the selfing process is it goes, okay, things are getting better. We don't know why, but let's figure, you know, that's, that's the left brain right there. That's analytical engineer problem solving is things are better. Well, okay. What's different? What can I do to keep things better? And it's so funny because that thing that wants to do that is actually in some ways, the biggest obscuring agent. And it's, it's seeing the futility in that and allowing something else to come through uh, that can, quote, in that paradoxical way, stabilize or whatever, or make it a little bit more available. Um, uh, yeah, I like, and I like Paul's method, of, quote unquote, if there's a method of, we can't know what we are. We can only know what we are not. And, and so if we can be vigilant about, not necessarily, we can be aware of how many times or what, when we are selfing, when Sunny comes lately, Sunny come lately starts taking over, right? <laughs> uh, so, so, so that's actually really, that's, that's actionable, so to speak, or that's easy, right? Because that's easy to see versus trying to figure out, you know, I'm this uh, pure consciousness and this spaciousness that's very difficult to grasp even if it's graspable right and if it is worth anything then it's limitless it's unknowable and so that's that's really a futile attempt and i like paul's very direct message of you know look for the warning signs look for the warning signs when you're going down the wrong path or you're giving too much or you you know your sunny selfing is starting to to take ownership of the worship. yeah 100 percent. and again that's another thing about the message that's uh uh, simple but revolutionary is is you know people mention it teachers mention it but Paul emphasizes it and I've said at times that the message kind of can come down to one phrase which is see what you're not you know right and that's kind of it that's the whole message and everything uh, is is a um, a pontification on that yeah and I've read Nathy Nathy you know maybe 20 years ago but it never it was never real. So something about Paul's message, and it's just when I'm ready, I guess when the years are ready, they'll hear it, and I wasn't ready then. But something about his message that just landed, which has made uh, a lot more sense than maybe the same message I heard 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, and, and in a funny way, once you're on the other side of it, so to speak, relatively, um, you can see the, the weird subtleties of it because if you come along to someone who's never gotten a hint of, uh, you know, there's, there's conscious contact and then something claims that it's happening to me, if you haven't caught a hint of that and you, and you tell somebody, neti neti, not this, not this, not that, they can't help but say not this, not this, not that, identified as a person, as an individual. And um, 
and so the subtlety of that, you know, it, it's it's if you take the first step, but it's in the wrong direction, you can go a mile, and, and you're, you're going to be a you're mile. You're so away. right about that. I think I think you're perfect. You hit it. You hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah. Because we've had to have this grace of a glimpse. Like I think again, Paul calls it free samples. So once we get a free sample or two or three, not of our own doing, hopefully through surrendering happening, uh, right? And and then uh, we can see, yeah, to your point, right? Otherwise, it's just all Greek to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it might as well be in another language. And um, I was thinking too when you were talking about um, reading all of these these great works and uh, it all being an intellectual exercise, and then it starts to become real and I think you said actionable, which I, I, I like that word. I don't know that Paul would like it, but I like it because um, I, I had a similar experience where uh, I, I always loved Alan Watts and, and listened to hundreds, a ridiculous amount, hundreds and hundreds of hours of it, but it wasn't ever really real in that as soon as I was done listening to him, I was right back to I'm Nick with all these problems, <laughs> you know, like it, just, it, it didn't yeah. hit that critical mass or that critical whatever, but there was just enough of a little hint that I know there's something true there. And then that's the seeking behavior of, I got to find that true thing, right? I get, I, if it's not in Alan Watts, maybe it's in Ram Dass, maybe it's in da, 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 go down the line. Right, right. Um, but would you say that when you were listening to Alan Watts, that it was a excruciatingly painful, like a doing homework thing? It was like, I, I enjoy it. It was fun, right? So you were doing it as a fun activity, even though somebody might call it seeking and seeking and seeking and stop it. No, I mean, I'm enjoying it. We enjoyed listening to Alan Watts. And totally. And, 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 you know, if, if music is your thing, there's, there's a little piece of seeking and looking for the next song of the next song that you think you're going right. to hear you know, the yes. song that'll, or if it's movies, it's, you think it's going to be in the next movie. I'm going to see that movie. That's going to, well, you know, it's just a little piece of that and everything. And that's something Mike and I have talked about is um, that in some way it's kind of a like, first there's a mountain, then there's no mountain, then there's a mountain. <laughs> in that, uh, yes, it's, it's, it's pleasurable, it's fun. And then at one point, the message, whether it's from Alan Watts or from Paul or take your pick, the message becomes this real thing, this living, breathing thing, and it does some work on the action figure, you know. The action figure is no longer trying to take the message and, and do the message. The message does work on the action figure. And then once it's kind of done its work, then it's kind of like you're back to just listening to it for entertainment again. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, Paul will start a lot of the meetings with, you know, if people keep coming back to 500 SOT songs, they're, they're looking for something. And Mike and I look at each other like, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, I've always, I've always kind of looked at that puzzle with that, is that, you know, so we just stop doing anything? No, it's fun, man. What if the action figure has to be busy doing something? Exactly. Yeah, but but what kind of the the illusion of believing it's just one sot song away that finally I'll get it. No, right. Nick is never gonna get it. Just like you can go back to the music and you can listen to Coltrane play my favorite things and you enjoy it in the moment of the song. You don't think it's yeah. gonna you know do, do anything more than that. And so uh, what I was getting back to is um, so this week I've had a particularly a stressful week between work and home stuff, um, which is why I've really, truly, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, 
I thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Mike, so much for having this this studio. Because this this is my soft song. Because I missed it Wednesday. I'm going to miss it tomorrow. So I, I'm feeling it. I'm in the hot tub that is hot song right now. So <laughs> yeah, this guys. is not work for us, right? We could oh, do this I, all. <laughs> it is the antithesis. Yeah. I don't know if my wife would allow this, but <laughs> it takes, it's just a waste of time. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, and we're giving it all the meaning, and the meaning I'm giving it is this is hot song. This is church. This is um, so. What was I getting at? Oh, okay. So I had a particularly hard week at work. I've been listening to the audio book. The Science of the First Person by Douglas Harding. Oh, okay. The Headless Way yeah, Guy. Yeah. And it's being read by Richard Lang. And I'm, I'm listening to it for a second time because I'm preparing. I'm doing a podcast with Richard Lang, which I'm super stoked about. Uh, and so I'm just re-familiarizing myself with, uh, with his, his stuff. And in that way of it's no longer intellectual, like as I'm hearing the teachings and the pointings, I'm living it. Like as I'm sitting in traffic, I ha I'll have my headphones in. And like I said, particularly stressful times at work, um, interactions with, with personality types that, you know, Nick doesn't enjoy that are draining, you know, emotionally and stuff. And, and that I traveled roughly over most of my career. I'm seeing a great traveling lighter uh, because between constantly listening to Paul because I'm listening to his 12 steps now which I never really have just hearing having the message flow through and then having Richard Lang you know reading the uh, the science of the first person flowing through it, I'm sitting here in a situation where I go God Nick could have turned this into hell on earth you know and did for many years and now it's just it's not it's like an empty cup it's, this is this is just a dream of oh look there's uh, I'm going to pick a name that uh, we'll say David. Oh, there's David just being David. And this is Nick just being Nick. And, and this is temporary. It's going to go away in a couple of hours. And, and that's the actionableness of what a really cool message can do for me. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and then the, the second step, the second person, third person perspective of seeing what the message, the work that it's done on other people, which is so cool, people, you know, action figures, <laughs> expressions, reflections, um, uh, since the Zoom ha have started, is it's, it's international now. We got, you know, got you in Texas. We got people in, we got Dimitri in Russia. We got, uh, what's her name in, in Hawaii? Judith? Judith. Judith in Hawaii. Judith. That, this is, this is revolutionary for the, you know, these, it's creating traveling lighter. It's creating, uh, I don't think it's too heavy of a word to say miracles. It's creating miracles. And uh, Paul has said before, when a miracle happens, honor it. Like there's this funny thing of like, we don't want anyone to catch on. Like we want to fall into line and just be like, oh, no, I'm, you know, we're whipping ourselves on the back. No, I'm still suffering. Don't worry. Like, <laughs> like again and again, I just love the idea of like, no, honor it. And that's getting all back to being in this hot tub of satsang that, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the kind of uh, maybe uh, a trap we can get into. The action figures can get into, is that we, you know, as they say, we are already, you know, that what we originally are, right? Uh, that we don't have to become that. Um, but you know, maybe if we keep going to more and more of these satsangs, there is a little bit of a danger of postponing that. We, I will become something better. Or I will become something that's more peaceful. 
but there is no, I mean, that, that, what we are is what we're always going to be, right? What we always were. And there's a little bit of that danger of maybe, right? If you keep pursuing this path too much, maybe. That's totally. in the back of my mind. I do, I, do, I do know what you're hinting towards there. And um, something Paul said to me once, which kind of uh, illuminated that, was he goes, it, people say like the greatest thing you can do in this lifetime is to awaken. He's like, that's bullshit. Like, it doesn't matter. You're already awake. Yeah. <laughs> You're already awake, right? So it, it actually doesn't even matter if you awaken in this lifetime because you can't awaken in this lifetime. That's a story of time. So not yeah. even that matters. Right. And once he said that, it was like, okay, there's no, like, the, the whole story of this heroic Nick, you know, went through these trials and tribulations and found awakening. And now he's yeah. going to live on his, you know. It, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. undercuts that It's whole just thing. dog shit awareness. That's yes. it. That's <laughs> yeah. what he says, right? Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then any idea of, you know, okay, maybe once I punch my card and get the thousand satsang then i'll get the premium level of of sustained peace <laughs> you know that can yeah. be seen as it's only ever going to be dog shit awareness you know unless it's unless it's not and then it's not and then you know it is it is what it is is kind of what everything com comes back to again and again so yeah so okay i think we did a little bit of justice we get, got a abridged version of the sunny story <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of focus on the final chapter, which has been the last three weeks of uh, of finding Paul and finding this. And um, I just again honoring miracles when they happen. I I had no intention or clue that this podcast would become um, the community that it has. And it's it's cool that it's created this opportunity, uh, and it's it's become international. I only. I, I before the pandemic, I only thought I was going to record podcast live because I, I had a story in my head that I can't do it over Zoom. It's not personal enough. It doesn't whatever. And then, you know, life came along and said, well, you can't meet people in person anymore. So <laughs> you got to figure something out. And within 10 minutes into the first time I was doing a Zoom, I was like, oh, wait, this is exactly like they're here. What the hell? Why did I make up that whole story? And so, I, I, again, the little miracle that this podcast has become to connect with uh, others all around the world. And it, it really is, and I, I oversay it in this podcast, that I, was, I felt alone for such a long time, and uh, it feels so cool to have the contrast of connection um, with, with like-minded people and, and uh, um, sharing in this, 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 this fun, you know, cool uh, uh, experience. And so, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be able to do this with you, Sonny. That's yeah. That's and you're doing such a fantastic job. I mean, you're and me and probably younger than Mike as well. Right. And you've got five kids, you said five kids yeah, at a two hour commute each way or what, you know, one hour and two hours and you do this. <laughs> <laughs> the action figure is uh, is juiced up. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they, like you were saying, if this was work, I could never do it. And if I had yes. to, if I had to prepare, if I could never do it. You know, like if, if I had to have a ready get set, like it's the 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 work is to like sit down in the chair and then start it and hit record and then the work's done and then it's and that's nice because you don't feel pressured to prepare because you know that there's no preparation period that 
this action figure can do anywhere that's going to go anywhere right and and, and uh, just go with the flow and that makes it easier right and then you carry that in the rest of your life right in all your affairs and it just it does make for a lighter travel i mean i've experienced that in the last 3 years and and especially more recently but that's really all it's about right that whatever that awareness doctor awareness or nirvana or samadhi or whatever if it doesn't translate to traveling lighter right now this hour this day then it's useless because we see a lot of those people in robes that <laughs> sure don't travel lighter with 87 rolls royces if you know what i'm talking about you know there are some gurus that get trapped in all kinds of stuff right yeah. so it's really about traveling lighter i think paul has such a great way of describing um what's at the end of the rainbow if there is a rainbow and mm. if we get trapped into expecting fireworks man we're deluding ourselves right exactly man 100% and and i've said again and again that i use the term there's no perfect term for it but like the cash value of the message is traveling lighter right and if you see at the beginning for me and i think for others the idea is i've always wanted to find the ultimate truth and when i started hearing paul i was like oh i think he's got it he's got it better than anybody else i'm going to find this ultimate truth and then you know once it's it's still seeking behavior once i find this ultimate truth then i'll you know i'll live as the buddha or whatever the hell yeah. the idea is right yeah but but if if you would have told nick that relative time and place no you're just going to travel lighter i'd have been like oh is it really worth it <laughs> you know right right yeah. right Yeah. yeah but but then now being on the other side of it it pulses all the time traveling lighter what more do you want and and mm-hmm. i i can't answer that question i really what more do you want than traveling lighter that's you know that is the greatest gift you know yeah the- it's a wonderment also we don't know what the universe is going to unfold in front of me if i don't have expectations if i don't have ambition if i don't have preset goals to go towards then i just go with the flow it's wonder it's it's like i wonder what's going to happen next i wonder what's going to come next and i wonder what's going to come next without trying to prejudge or bring in a certain thing this has to be this way right it's just easier versus oh my god my first 45 50 years of my life man i always lived that i had to have the perfect plan and execute the perfect plan and of course <laughs> it never went anywhere yeah yeah and i i've said too like i have friends that are pretty um said that they're atheists, right? I I don't buy into any of the spiritual stuff. And uh and and what I what I will what will kind of get to the point of agreement on is saying I don't know is basically all the spirituality you need. Mm. I, I don't know what tomorrow will bring because you mm-hmm. don't, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and I don't know what the next moment will bring. Mm-hmm. I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't know, you know. And and, and just getting back to that like um the heaviness of needing to create the perfect plan needing to execute it every time that you stray from the perfect plan beating yourself up or beating up your loved ones because they their peace and not you know executing the perfect plan like that is fucking heavy so if that can be dropped yes you will travel lighter because yes. now you now you're in i don't know and and mm-hmm. it's a scary place it can be a scary place for um the action figure it could be scary for Sunny and Mike and Nick but it the funny you know Paul that that kind of ironic thing 
like, actually, that's where you've always lived. You've always lived in I don't know. You were under the illusion you knew. <laughs> you know, you knew it was around the next corner. But it's always been I don't know. And that's the whole uh, upon having never left. You thought you, you only ever seemingly left. You only ever seemingly found yourself. You only ever seemed to lose the necklace. You know, uh, and, and any good, um, good epiphany will tell you it's actually always been this way. Nothing yeah. new has been added or found, or which reminds me, I was listening to uh, Wednesday's talk on the way over here. I got an idea for a Paul shirt, where uh, it's a shirt that has a necklace on it, and uh, oh. right, and then underneath Ooh. it says, "Has anyone seen my necklace?" Oh. <laughs> That'd be good, right? Oh, and simple too, huh? Simple, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. It'd be a total inside joke, oh. but you know, yeah, yeah, that's that, cool. That was a little download that came in on my uh, listening nice. to that on the get up over here. So, um, on the, on the, so where you can't see it. Yourself, yeah, yeah. Right? So you can't see it, but yeah, but everyone that's looking at you. Oh, for the for the t-shirt shot. Yeah, and then has anyone seen my necklace? All right. And then maybe I don't know copyright stuff, but you could maybe put a picture of Ramana or just then bitch slap or something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm not gonna stop recording, but I do have to go potty, so I'm gonna hand it over to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's all you. I was just getting a hit of that story about the lost necklace, right? But I never really, you know, combining it with the headless way, you know, that the awareness can't see itself, that I can't lose this. You know, the necklace, yeah. is, right, the necklace is right here. <laughs> kind of obvious, that's what it's trying, that's what it's, along with the headless way, that's the point, but I never really quite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it. yeah, no, that's good. I, I never combined the two, because I've heard Paul talk about the necklace. Uh, and I may have read it in Ramana, one of the Ramana stories, but it's combining it with the Harding, Douglas Harding's The Headless Way. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really funny how these pointers are getting an appreciation for how they really aren't that, right? So you can always like move it over a little bit, like, oh, it's like, it's just talking about this, but this, of course, is not it either. This is just another pointer. <laughs> right, yeah. But you can see that, and like the, the lion and the sheep thing, like, Hey, you've shown the the lion showed the sheep, the the baby the other lion dresses a sheep that it was really a lion, and you think that would do it, kind of thing. But that's exactly opposite of the point that the light can't see itself; it can never be shown its reflection. So that that pointer, you know, is exactly it's that which we are can relate to it, and then also see how why the pointer is exactly opposite, as as you know the literal pointer. Right. right, 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 right. What it's not and what it is. If we can see both. We are with that which can see both <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, right? So in that analogy, she's looking for the necklace, but really she can never find the necklace. She was always the necklace or whatever that is. She is the <laughs> necklace. <laughs> it, it really gets infinite that way. There's something... Yeah, yeah, Russian dolls. Yeah, our our mind can't, our limited mind can't grok it, right? Yep. Yeah. So it's gotta, yeah, so it's, it's got to be experience to just seem to be limited, and yet we're registering, we're getting a re hit, mm -hmm. a reflection of <laughs> of, what, of understanding or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, trippy. Yeah, that that word is really becoming alive for me since you've shared that the reflection, seeing Nick as a reflection. There's a lot there, man. For me, for me, I surprisingly, I just, 
I think I go back to it at least 10 times a day yeah. in, a, in an actual encounter when Sunny figures is encountering somebody and something seems a little bit out of whack. It doesn't have to be like Sunny's getting unrested, you know, anxious or whatever, right? But I, I just somehow I just go, oh, here's the Sunny reflection and here's the lawnmower reflection that I'm kind of asking him to do some other stuff and, you know, and, and maybe I'll bring out some, you know, cold drink or something for him. Uh, I just see him as me now, whereas previously he was a separate individual. It's the same light. It's yeah. the same light. And I can't do that. It's for me, at least with the reflection, moon reflection, it just seems so obvious. Right? It just seems so obvious we're the same light. There's no difference between him and me. How about when the Zoom meetings? Have you noticed that? Like you're you at first there's a lot of just assuming that's me, because you're just seeing yourself in the mirror, right? And then with all this talk though. At some point, it becomes that it's like, well, if that's obviously not me, it's a little box, it's a little photograph. So why is this me? Why is this light reflection me any more than that light reflection? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or looking into a mirror, yeah. And then yeah, it's like we've looked in mirrors all our lives. Why didn't it work then? Except. So this brings me right into the the science of the first person. He recommends early on. Um, to get a piece of paper and do a big circle and put it right up against the mirror, mm. right? And look at the mirror, and he says, th third person science, which is what we just call science, the scientific method, objective, rational, mm. is concerned with the, the object in the mirror, right? So you're seeing, you're seeing Sonny's face, I'm seeing Nick's face. So all, all of science is concerned with that. Um, first person science is what is seeing the object in the mirror. Mm -hmm. the, what is the headless place that is seeing the object in the mirror? Mm -hmm. And so uh, that I, I've been doing these experiments. I've been doing these experiments have been happening where uh, I'm sitting in a very tense, like you're saying, the the reflection is maybe getting a little, feeling a little threatened, <laughs> a little uh, a little uh, restless, a little whatever, um, and. I reliably I go okay look for your head and see if it's still a problem <laughs> I look for my head I realize nobody's home there's nobody to be threatened there's nobody to right and it fucking go like it, it's one of those things if you could have bottled it up and gave it to me a couple of years ago I'd have paid any price for it it's it, right it's really crazy you look uh, for your head in tube you, you tube? Look, I, I know it's such a you know I was talking to Sharon about this and this is part of sharing this um the the compassionate part of me feels bad because there's a like uh either you kind of get it or you don't get it you know in in that certain way quantum, yeah. it's it, it's a it's a shift there's a point when the when the coin flips over and when somebody comes and they go i don't know i must be doing it wrong because when i look for my head nothing really happens and i just kind of go Okay, that's okay, but I'm just reporting over here. When I look for my head, it's the coolest fucking thing <laughs> in the world <laughs> because, I, I, you know, there's no, there's no, it's beyond words. It's ineffable, but it's, it's something like there's nothing there. There, there there's that emptiness holds everything. And if, if this holds everything, how could it be damaged? If the light on the screen is playing the movie, 
right? No matter what light hits that screen, the most violent, horror, you know, terrible stuff, mm. the screen will never get damaged. Yeah. That is something like the feeling of having no head. So can, can Nick ever be threatened, ever be damaged? Yes, but can, this is not the perfect way, but can my headless state be threatened or damaged? No. Hmm. That's, that's been a fun experiment over the last week. <laughs> it's been over many years, but it's really just hit this interesting, caught an interesting wave in the raft of this dreaming over the last week. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I I, and, I, and I think of it as uh, I'm this little half moon in South Bronx Lake, and there's this gun shooting going on, and I'm yeah. avoiding the gun shooting yeah. because I'm gonna get hit. You know, yeah. I'm this reflection, and it's going all over behind the rocks. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing that can hurt it. Yes. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah, it can disturb it, but is the real moon or is the real light ever hurt at all? Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 That's, that's it. And that's, that's funny. The reflection is gonna do everything not to feel that is getting hurt and it's really about feeling and selfing that's the problem right yeah and then that that's um uh, it reminds me of a lot of spiritual teachers talk about you know uh, people will say i have this dream that a lion's chasing me or something's chasing me and i'm running and running and running and their advice inevitably is just stop and let it eat you <laughs> you know like <laughs> The reason they're chasing you is because you're running. So as long as as long as you're the reflection trying to dodge the bullets, yeah, the bullets are going to keep coming. Yeah, but yeah. if the bullet hits and yeah. you go, oh, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Yes. There's the relief, you know. Um, so all beautiful, fun metaphors. <laughs> yeah, this is cool. It is, man. I know. <laughs> again and again, I always go back to the metaphor of it's jazz, you know, it, I had no plans of talking about any of this shit. I kind of had a rough idea of wanting to get to know you. We know you enough. Now we're just playing jazz, man. It's just, I play this, you play that and, and a cooler thing comes along, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's reinvigorating for the action figure, right? At least for oh, me yeah. and you, it seems like, right? We, we won't be wanting to do anything else. I, I hate going to movies. I mean, I go, with my kids, I take them to these action movies, mm. Disney movies, Marvel movies, but usually it's like a little painful <laughs> sitting nope. through. I could nope. do this all the time. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> yeah, dude, I know. I, I normally fall asleep. I don't think I've ever gotten through a Marvel movie without falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, but then even that's funny too, because even sometimes movies can come alive for me they haven't for, for a very like you long mentioned time, but... the kung fu panda in one of your podcasts right i saw that? the kung fu panda you mentioned in one oh of yeah podcasts. oh freaking love kung fu yeah. panda what a what a beautiful message and it's directed towards the kids uh, i don't know whether they get it or not but yeah. it's the same message right yeah yeah totally and yeah that's a great example of as you keep saying you know you you read these books um and they, they didn't mean anything at the time or they meant very little and now they mean so much more. Anyone that listens to this regularly knows I'm going to say it's the love song. It's You hear a love song um, before you're in love and it's cool and then when you're in love it's, it, it's alive. It means a whole new thing because the love song is reflecting the love that you're feeling at that time, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, I, I had seen the Kung Fu Panda movies. You know, I have kids so 
10 to 20 times and it was just cool every time and then all of a sudden that that one scene goes oh this is a perfect reflection of you know my life at this time and point in time and so that's what's cool too about um any piece of art is it it can it can become alive for you again and like i'm saying i i don't want to say that i hate all marvel movies because who knows with new eyes i could see it in a whole new way and it can become alive for, for yeah. me but but the thing that reliably is always going to be alive is this, <laughs> you know. I, I know that if I if I'm sharing, well, you never know, right? The journey might lead to a place where we yeah, we we, just, we don't we don't enjoy it anymore, or the action exactly. figure doesn't enjoy it anymore. It just wants to do gardening. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's what it seemed to kind of happen for Paul. Is like he he he, he talks all the time about uh, during the Sot song, he loves to share, and then outside of that, he doesn't give a shit about spirituality. He doesn't read any books, really. He's, not, he's definitely not on YouTube watching other teachers and stuff. And there's something cool about that, that it's alive for him when it's alive for him. And then after that, he's lost interest in it. And yeah, yeah I, the first time that I went to a lunch that it was just me and him, because um, after coffee, everyone else fell away. Nobody was going to stay for lunch. And and he was like, well, I'm hungry. Can you give me a ride? And, and we went and had lunch. And this was early on for me, maybe a couple months in. And I'm like, oh, God, am I, I'm, you know, what questions am I going to ask him? I get one-on-one -on -one with the guru, you know? And we didn't talk about spirituality at all. <laughs> we talked about, I talked about my family. He talked about his, you know, whatever, the latest movies he's watched. And I walked, and that was a great healing because, you know, I, I was convinced before Paul that, uh, if I was alive during the time of Alan Watts, if I could have just met Alan Watts and had a conversation with him, I'd been set. That was all I wanted in life, right? And uh, it's been such a healing that I got, I got that and more <laughs> with Paul. You and know, less. <laughs> less. Yeah, really less. <laughs> less was more. <laughs> well, wow, that's what God. This is just this. Yeah, just this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just this. Yeah. But getting back to the, yeah, again, the, the, for the atheist, you know, what is spirituality? I don't know. I don't know that I'll be into this forever. What if the podcast, you know, falls away and loses its juice? But it definitely hasn't. If anything, it, it's yeah. reliably gained momentum and juice, you know, for now. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great blessing, you know. Yeah, it's going to have its own life. And when it needs to end, it'll end. Or if it'll go on. Like I started listening to... Um, Rick Archer at Buddha at the Gas Pump, right after that uh, thing that happened in 2014. You guys have heard of Buddha at the Gas Pump, right? Totally. No? Yes. Paul, Paul was interviewed there. I actually remember seeing, hearing him then in 2015. I think he was very early on, 60th interview. Uh, and now he's at like 600. He's big. Yeah. Rick Archer is huge mm -hmm. in that circle. But uh, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, in five years, there'll be Mr. Nick with his, you know, 500 podcasts and everybody will be flocking. <laughs> yeah, who, who knows? Right? No. Um, yeah, it, what is his name? Rich? Rich, Rick, Rich Archer. Rick Archer. Yeah, he's kind of, it's cool. He's become like the, uh, the, the Joe Rogan of, of this small corner of the internet that is, you know, non-duality, uh, you know, I, I keep saying it, but it's like non-duality is the counterculture of spirituality, right? Spirituality was the counterculture of, of religion. And then, 
things can't help but continually break down and break down and uh, uh, non-duality the punk rock the counterculture of the spiritual world and he's been this cool like almost everybody in that world has been on Buddha at the gas pump um, right and, and it makes it very real right the way it's at least in the very beginning uh, it just was so good to see quote-unquote ordinary people like Paul yes. Hederman right in there talking about quote-unquote the awakening that they went through right because it is a uh, I think, what does he say? Buddha at the gas pump, stories of ordinary awakenings or something like that, right? So it's just normal people, whereas the culture I come from, right, India, awakening, which is the same thing as Buddha, is like this big, huge, you know, one in a billion lottery, hitting the lottery kind of a thing. You have to go through lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes. Maybe <laughs> no. get awakened and all of a sudden I'm seeing plumbers and drunks and teachers and everybody from all walks of life and hearing that two hours with Rick Archer, some of them were good, some of them were not, but they were all fascinating. And But most importantly, what it did is it made it seem so ordinary and real, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And wow, you don't have to go uh, leave your entire family and go in a cave and achieve this some nefarious thing, even though I think probably a lot of people at Bad Gap Buddha, the gas pumps do kind of emphasize the suddenness of this and the fireworks aspect of this which can be misleading mm -hmm. but it still was a very nice entry ramp for this action figure to say wow so you know and and the reason the only reason i was attracted to that is i was trying to make sense of what happened during that dark night of the soul and things just fell in line which the action figure couldn't figure out couldn't understand yeah. <laughs> and so of course the action figure is going to try to figure out what happened <laughs> and it just so happened that the bad gap came in and these people came in and hearing their stories, which I think was maybe rare 10 years ago. Well, I think he started interviewing 10 years ago, uh, but I ran across five years ago, a little more than that. But it, it's been, it's made it real, right? It's, yeah. it's ordinary, but it's real. Yeah. Like you were saying in the, in the Indian culture, um, the people that achieved awakening are kind of these untouchables. There are these rock yeah. stars. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it couldn't happen to me because I didn't put in the hundred lifetimes of, you know, of, of work and meditation or whatever. And, and it, it's a microcosm for what so much of the internet and YouTube and podcasting has become is like, it, it, it's all, it's all just ordinary people. Like, you know, even that's why I, one of the reasons I love podcasting is all these incredible comedians you only ever saw George Carlin or um, you know the the big comedians back in the day up on stage performing and doing their thing, and then maybe you saw some interviews. But I, I I'm so in the camp of interviews are a world away from podcasts. Interviews are somebody a journalist with an agenda, you know, trying to you know uh, uh, either catch them or or promote them or right. And what podcasting is literally just friends sitting down and talking. And so it's, it's in the world of comedy, it's made all these comedians that once were, it's a much, it's a microcosm of the same thing of they were a gurus up on the stage making everybody laugh. Mm. And now, no, they're just a person, you know, like they're just a normal dude. And, yeah. and when they hang out with their friends, they talk very similar to like you when you're hanging out with your yeah. friends or your whatever. And yeah, it's and spontaneous I, now, not manufactured. And, and yes. there's so much uh, reality in it, right? as opposed to yeah. trying 
was trying to manage. Yeah, and, and in some ways, this is a new thing that's been coming in for me. Again, reviewing something that I went through that I didn't know at the time is that listening to the podcast with comedians, talking with their friends and other comedians, was doing work because I had no friends that I was close to in that way during that time. You know, and I, I didn't, it wasn't my intention. Hey, I'm going to go listen to how friends talk to each other so I can learn how to talk to people. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was just a draw. It was just, a, I really enjoyed this, but it was doing work on other levels to where now uh, uh, the universe has thrown more close, intimate friends at me than I ever thought imaginable. Yeah. And, and you know what I mean? And, and something about, um, it's funny how technology has separated us in so many ways but then in certain ways it's it's you know it's kind of cor self-correcting in some ways uh i think personally youtube and, and podcasting and um you know i don't do facebook or any of that stuff but uh in some ways it's self-corrected to like oh yeah wait this is what it means to like be a normal human <laughs> you know a homo sapien and, and it that it, it's able to bring people back together in, in ways that's cool too um so I was just I was thinking back to you know Buddha at the gas pump and how um, it, it's it's just people it's just it it could have been whoever like you said it could have been a teacher it could have been a um, uh, somebody on welfare whatever and they had this amazing experience downloads came in they they have enough of ability to communicate it and right will resonate and they you yeah know. and that's one thing that I think if you were you use the word experience I think there's a lot of emphasis in the bad gap I'm not blaming. Rick Archer, but there seems to be quite a bit of emphasis on experience. You have to get this experience to get self-realized or whatever. And uh, nicely, Paul is very, very, very pointed in that there is nothing to experience. We already are what we already were, right? And so that experience trap sometimes can be a, a, a trap. I know that I, I fell into that. Fortunately, not too much where I didn't go chase after all these intensives and yoga retreats and, you know, going off places because that can be a, a bit of a trap. If you remember, I don't know, in one of the podcasts or one of Paul's meetings, I mentioned about getting an email about doing the silence retreat for $600 on Zoom. Just sit here and, <laughs> and, and they, the ones who are trying to sign me up, they're like, oh, you will get realized after you do this Zoom with the guru. He's going he's gonna to do it in such a way that you're going to have this experience of nothingness. And then you got to keep coming every three months to experience that over and over again. And, and Paul is so pointed in saying, man, <laughs> you're going to get on that hamster wheel and keep doing it and doing it and doing it. There's no doing required. You already are that. Yeah, 100%, man. And it reminds me of um, Keith says it very eloquently. I'm not going to do it justice, but um, he talks about how the fact Paul will not tell a story about his awakening experience. I haven't found it anywhere. Mike's been around longer than me. There, there's no like, hey, this thing happened and then I awoke. I, I awoke, right? And, and I think that's completely intentional. And I haven't found too many other uh, teachers in the world of non-duality. I think every single one of them, some some lead with it. You know, the beginning of every talk is, you know, I I went to go see, I don't want to out anybody, but I went to go see a, a guru and he said, yada, yada, yada. And then boom, I realized, you know, I was one with the universe. But I, I, it's so, from where I seem to stand, 
it's so unskillful to lead with the awakening experience because how can what you're not that wants relief, that wants to relieve the agitation, that wants to re that find peace, how can that not cling to that as something it's going to do and achieve? You know, it's yeah. it's, it's 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 totally like uh, um, again from where I stand, you, you you couldn't do a bigger disservice than yes than promising. Yes. Yeah, not even a disservice to them, but it's something that would be hard for him to say directly is that he's saying it for himself or oneself. Why would you discuss the work aspect of an experience aspect? As, like with Rick Archer, I agree. It's like he seems to like to make sure to include that. That is you believing it and giving it that meaning yeah. by unconsciously thinking you need to direct that person to do it as though that's a service, as though that's helpful. Yeah. When well, some of it is... If that's where you're at, that's, that's, that could be. That could be yeah. more alleviated suffering than, uh, than not doing some of that work. But to... So cause he'll deflect any kinds of like, yeah, but you had to go through stuff and you had, you know, you, and his action figure won't deny there was a story, mm -hmm. but, and he'll just say something like, yeah, there's seemingly something needed to happen because it was believed to need to ha be happening. Mm -hmm. Does that still need to be believed over there? You know, it's, it's not believed here and I'm not going to buy into you that bait, so to speak, of one innocently, supposedly on one level, just like, oh, I want to know the story. But at, on another level, it's wanting to, to valid, validate the belief in work and experience, period, you know. So that's, yeah. so it's for I am to be honest, you know, even to the I am that's there that might not be agreeing with it at this moment, but I'm not going <laughs> to codependently, yeah. you know, uh, as, this, as this seeming I am uh, adds to work and Suffering. Dude, dude. Okay, that's so fucking beautiful because it reminds me, because I just listened to it today. Uh, last Wednesday, I don't remember her name, but the lady that she jokes about, she always talks about healing. That Pat. Pat. Pat, Pat. Uh, Pat just called in on Wednesday, right? Or, or asked Talk a question on, on Wednesday, yeah. So um, she started off with, she first found Paul through the Buddha at the gas pump. And um, he was talking about being awake is just conscious contact. And uh, uh, Rick said, well, there's, you know, there's seemingly 7 billion people that are awake to conscious contact, but that's not the same as an awakening experience, right? Um, so what's the difference? And then, and then Paul comes in with, uh, well, there's a big difference between awake and I am awake, or, or claiming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the claiming of a, a, being a person that is awake and that's that's fucking paul judo aikido 101 <laughs> it's just like you know and i actually i haven't listened to that interview in probably two years or whatever early on but i i remember watching it again and again and it, it is cool in paul at his best of just like well you know coming from this is again my story but coming from it being claimed as self like, well, what about this? And then I'm going, well, see how it's claimed by self? <laughs> yeah, well, what about this? Well, but see how it's claimed on self, right? Turning that back again and again. And that, that's a beautiful um, uh, traveling light or a beautiful relief of the message is that you are not the one that had the awakening experience. You are not the one that yada, yada, yada. It is, it is, it is just 
dog shit awareness. Another it, Russian doll. It's just a Russian doll, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 is, it is fundamentally no different than this. Yeah. Here and now. Yeah. And that's where the... That, that is getting back to how it can be a trap to explain an awakening experience. Because this yeah, and it is, can be um, it can be very disconcerting or not attractive to the quote usual seekers, right? Because they want a set of things to do. We want a set of path laid out. There's something to get at the end of it. What are you talking about? I am already what I need. What I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so to this life. I want somewhere that there's no suffering, right? Well, they can't, we can't get it that it's the only reason we're suffering is because we are not recognizing what we already are, what we are yeah. right, and trapped in what we are not in. So I remember hearing his message, or his interview five years ago, 2000, end of 2014, beginning of 2015. And I, there was something I caught in it, but he wasn't the guy in the robe and all that really attractive messages, right? So it's, it, the other stuff is, of course, needed if you want to, you know do this as a spiritual capitalism and run a business and have yeah. coming back and back and back and back. Of course. Right? But it's the biggest disservice really, right, for, for us. Can you see Buddha like being Paul at the time, right? And then people are coming at him, but life is, but you know, you know, my life is suffering, right? Yeah. And Buddha, Buddha's just got to like, okay, life is suffering, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, and it, it's it, the parentheses before that, not your, you yeah. know, or dualistic life is, yeah. right? Life that is but, but but life is suffering. Admit it. Life life, life is suffering, right? But I think the second thing you said that there is a way out. No, but that's suffering. That's just like that's just like AA though. It's it's that 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 trap because it's only step one that you have to get perfectly. And while you're not getting step one perfectly, then there's the kindness of all the other steps, which are kind of wrapped in still not not counter to it right right yeah i think is, the reason the reason why we suffer it's past life it's life i was there life was suffering and life will be suffering that attention that way yeah. is suffering and that's all that people understand of his life while they're well that's all they're understanding but if you say that then there's no worry it's oh it's done it's life was and will be and that's the but way you're not but we're now <laughs> yeah we're not and, and it also is skillful in the sense that, okay, you find yourself in it again. Oh, fuck, I did it again. Oh, but that's just a was and will be, did it again. You just, it just comes back to you sooner, right? It doesn't just like, uh, you know, one day at a time type thing. It's like you, you're, you're always an addict, so you're just, you're done with it. You're not, that doesn't mean you're going to, that for some people that does mean you go back and drink because you identify with it. For other people, it means, oh, you're stopped dwelling on it you stop wondering you know whether you can manage it or not and that's why it's helpful to them it's the, it's you forget it and one day at a time is not one day at a time it's it's just the relief from worrying about will i or won't i drink again what was or will <laughs> was or will that's the, that's the that's the that's the um that's the suffering that's the same suffering yeah well for me the real relief has been and that includes paul's message but even others when i go back and see that really this is really what they're talking about is the real suffering is because of my identification with this imaginary self, this person. And the person, if I identify with that and that's how I live my life, then it will cause nothing but suffering. There's gonna be pain if I, if I suffer, you know, if this Sunny, this figure maybe suffers a business loss or something, right? But if I make it personal <laughs> that I'm gonna suffer, 
but a business loss is a business loss or you know maybe there's an accident there's a pain the pain is always going to be there but it does not have to lead to suffering right? the pain is always going to be there but it doesn't it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to lead to me suffering and the suffering is usually because i'm so identified with this action figure as me and the thoughts as my thoughts and the things happening are things happening to this me and the memories associated, right, that are regrets and self-pity and future stuff that I'm anxious about, it's all based on this belief, like Webu says, right, that it's based on this 99.9% .9 whatever, that there's this self exists, where that self exists. And, and if all the uh, anxieties and the losses and the sufferings were happening to Stanley, Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. May, I may, I may, I may love him, but I'm not going to. one of my favorite people in the world. I just love him. <laughs> and he's in the other room. He's yeah. always really close by. Always, yeah. <laughs> that was a total inside yeah. joke for uh, Zen bitch slap people. But yeah, yeah. yeah. If it's yeah. all happening to Stanley and I'm not Stanley, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might be sympathetic. I might notice. But yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. sleep. I'm not gonna lose sleep over it, right? No. Happened <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah. I remember it for forty years. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's that's such that's what a what a great relief. Yeah. To 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 realize and and then I I, I because it's very alive for me right now. If all of this stuff was happening to somebody with a head, then it would feel right. very real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if there is no head, then yeah. yeah, there's nothing for it to happen to really. Yeah. Relatively, of course, ultimately no. And yeah, that's that's cool. <laughs> There's the relief. Uh, okay, now I'm looking at the time. I do have a few a seat assignments calling me. So um, if you got any burning desires, Sonny, uh, you know, that come up for you right now, let's dive into them. But we're going to call this the fourth act where... Uh, we're, we're coming to, are you good on time? I should ask you. I'm good on time. I think we already went way over than I thought. I mean, I have the time, but this has been nice and flowing conversation. Oh, and yeah. uh, I want to thank you, both you and, and, and Mike, uh, you know, for making this possible. The only thing I would just want to mention is that I feel, I feel grateful to have found this community and found you guys. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad found Paul because I had this prejudice five years ago when I heard him and then maybe I saw his, maybe one of his YouTube and I heard him say, fuck, 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 fuck. So I had this prejudice that spiritual people have to behave a certain way, talk a certain way, right? <laughs> so he's clearly not spiritual, right? <laughs> so so that, that kind of prejudice has been smashed through some of the journeys I've taken since then. And it's so nice to have found this authenticity, right? In him and in you guys, where it's, it's, not, it's not burdened down with, all the uh, the extra weightage of culture and other things where you know get the message the core message gets lost right so it's been it's been beautiful this is the fun part of the movie yeah <laughs> it really is that that uh yeah uh the fundamentalism of so much stuff like truth is truth and it's beautiful but then once again if you're baking a recipe of truth and you throw in fundamentalism that Okay, you can speak the truth, but you can't say fuck. You can't say profanities. <laughs> you know, you go down the line. Then, then you're you're adding, you know, you're adding fundamentalism into the into the recipe. And if if you can, it, tr truth and whatever the hell comes along with it, 
You know, and that's yeah. something yeah. I've said before that Paul has a certain amount of street cred that the action figure has gone to insane depths. You know, oh, it, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> tells the story of, of, you know, on the, on the carpet looking for the last remnants of the cocaine and mm-hmm. that he's shot, he's shot amounts that have killed him. Basically he's overdosed and he's come back. Like he's shot incense. He's shot incense. That's <laughs> yes. That's the other, that, you know, that there's a certain amount of street cred that if, if you're, you know, the, the rich privileged guy who had the silver spoon and you, and you've had all these realizations, I'm not going to say any names, but you've had all these realizations and you're teaching people, the back of your mind's always like, okay, yeah, it's easy for you to say, <laughs> you know, but like, have you really seen the depths and the suffering and the pain? And something beautiful about Paul, like he, he's saying, I've been there and guess what? It has nothing to do with this. This has never been touched. And he'll say it again and again that uh, uh, has, has, he'll, he'll ask the question, has any of that damaged what we are? You know, and, and it's such a beautiful reminder, again, getting back to the screen, no matter what movie played on it, none of it affected the screen, no matter what mm-hmm. fireworks and, and, and uh, lightning strikes struck in the sky, did any of it ever rip a hole in the sky? You know, and, and it, what, that, that reminder, again and again, is just, uh, that's what Song is to me, you know, that's, that's what it is to me. Us. Yeah, and you can, and you can once you get beyond the body language and the and the language language, and if that doesn't, which I'm sure there are some people who get turned off, right? Uh, yeah. But if once we get beyond that and see the there's the authenticity just shines through, and the message just shines through because you can see that it's for real and it's not studied. It's not like somebody went through school and studied all these Upanishads and and yeah. and, and and Zen stuff and practiced meditation for 35 years, and there's a lack. At least, you know, it seems so direct with um, with Paul, and it's one of the reasons I love um, one of the reasons I love uh, this Nisargadatta, uh, right? Because when I first started reading him five years ago, through a recommendation of you know when I you know from the Gita, I said this is cool stuff. This is cool stuff. And then I I went on YouTube and I saw him. You know, there's some YouTube footage of him talking and he's smoking Indian beedies. They're like yeah. joints, weed joints. They're not weed, but that's not spiritual. <laughs> this not thing, that's not spiritual. In India, most people would not consider that. Oh, if he's, if he's a guru, he shouldn't be doing such a bad practice, right? Or smoking. Yeah. And his guru was smoking a cigar. And from what I understand, his tapes in Marathi that he gave, he used all kinds of foul language, which would uh, scandalize the middle-class Indians, right? But, you know, but once we get over that, then we can see the authenticity of the message and it's based on their true state rather than a studied state, right? Which can just get us lost. Yeah. There's so many gurus and teachers out there that seem to, like you mentioned, the rich kid, right? The surrender, thank God, we, you know, we through suffering, I think surrender is easier. You know, if you're rich, if there are no problems in life, right? <laughs> why do you need to surrender? Why, yeah. why does surrender happen? And in some ways, I feel compassion, we'll say, for the, the silver spoon rich kid, because I know I couldn't help but go, well, what if all this falls apart? Like, 
you know, you're kind of like, could I really, like, live on the streets? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, could I really? And, and it's cool to, I'm not saying I, I haven't lived on the streets, but I've lived on people's couches, and I've slept on the floor, and I've slept, you know, with a hoodie on because there was no heater. You know, I, I didn't grow up very rich at all. And so I, I know that I survived that, and there's, there's a great uh, um, uh, certainty in me that I know that's not going to break me. I, it, there, there's, a, there's a seeing of it's not circumstances and, and, you know, relative stuff. This is beyond all of that. And so that's just what I think is, is beautiful about Paul. And, and again, think talking about the Buddha at the gas pump and then maybe how I kind of feel like this podcast offers something a little bit different and, is that it's all really just with just nobody special. I'm not saying you're not special. <laughs> like you, I'm not you're, special. You're even more ordinary than the ordinary yeah, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and like, like, uh, Mike just said, equally special. Uh, equally We're not special. Equally not special. <laughs> right. Both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, can, me, I, me. can I take a break, just a bathroom break, just for a second? Yeah. Please, go for it. Yes. Should we, uh, should we keep going, you and me? Okay. So let's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, and you can watch this or you can listen to it later, right? Yeah. Like, giving everything all the meaning that it has, so like the so called silver spoon ones can be appreciated, right? Because, like, we can't judge. A, uh, a relative local space-time experience of all that is as a relative local space-time experience. So, you know, whether it gets a little unease with its silver soon, you know, like Buddha, like, yeah. right? That's mm -hmm. the paradigm for that. Yeah. That it, uh, those that sh also can share that suffering has not damaged the sky, yeah. right? End up becoming equal with that, the meaninglessness of compared suffering. So yes. you can, and that takes away from those that want to emphasize suffering, or you need to go through suffering, mm -hmm. you know, and then that's something that's got to be let go of, just like an AA, it's not the bottom that gets you sober, and yet you, you enter that way, and you yeah. can appreciate those, you don't judge those, oh, they didn't have enough suffering, they're going to go back out again, or something like that, right. and re realize that comparison is equally suffering. Because totally, yeah, you, 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 you could get on the trip of maybe my bottom wasn't low enough. Maybe yeah, I have to go yeah, out yeah. You know, and you can go out and create. It might be triggered by you like thinking they had it better, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that reminds me of, of Pete Holmes, my buddy, comes up almost every podcast, uh, how he talked about he grew up in a fundamentalist Christian, followed all the roles, and the people would come into to his high school and give speeches that they were like, man, you know, you don't know, I, uh, I was doing coke and and I had a different girl every night and this, this, and that. And I didn't find happiness or the Lord in me that. And him, as being someone who always played by the rules, was going, well, I want to go, uh, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. do drugs and yeah. have a different girl. You mean I can do that? Yeah. <laughs> so that I can end up right back yeah, here. Because right I'm already good with the Lord, but those things still sound enticing. It still sounds like there's something yeah. there. And so, yeah, that's another you know, it can get very twisted. It, yeah. Totally. It's yeah. a loop that you can get yourself caught in. Yeah, I mean, just like original sin and, and yeah. now with uh, the, the, the uh, AA history, those become, you know, identities that actually, in a perverse way, glorify yes. what happened. You know, it's yeah. like original sin now becomes an identity as opposed to, you know, just, some, just like life is suffering. It's not you, and yet life will hear, that's what, that's what identities do, they take... What was released? What was released at a certain time, and now start applying it as an action figure, and yeah. become an original sin action figure. 
<laughs> yeah, dude, okay, man, just, okay, as you're saying that, I'm feeling self-conscious. <laughs> I could look from my head, and it could go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's that self-conscious? Yeah, but I'm, I'm feeling, I, I could see how me, there could be a glorifying of saying that Paul hit this rock bottom, that he has this street cred. Actually, none of that has any meaning to the message. The message is the message. Right. The truth is, you know what I mean? That's, that's all. That's one, one side of the duality. That's one side of the duality. Yeah. Exactly. And, and Which he says with duality. Wh- whether yeah. Paul grew up a billionaire or a drug addict, the, the truth is the truth. And right? he says that, that it also applies to good things happening that you, you know, oh, it's not about seeming good thing. It's not attached. You know, you wouldn't, you don't, equally don't want to get attached to that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So somebody that has good things happen to them and it gets to be not all that, they won't be attracted to the idea, oh, I would want to go do cocaine and you know, yeah. all that suffering. Yeah. Because they would see that as not different. <laughs> and, and like the ultimate gift, like, like I'll say again and again, is losing interest. You yeah. lose interest in both sides of the coin. You know, you lose interest in uh, the self-deprivation and the depression and the yeah. self-centeredness, but you also lose interest in the idea of needing to arrive at some peace and some whatever. All that interest and attention gets redistributed yeah. here. And that's all, like, the Garden of Evil, the biting the apple is, is the tree of the knowledge of yeah. good and evil. It's biting the apple as though there could be one or the other, and you want to have interest, so it has to go one way, and then, unbeknownst to you, you all of a sudden... You, got, the pendulum got a swing. You got, you're out of the Garden of Eden. Yeah, yeah. There, there's yeah, a, because before, uh, before eating or biting the apple... Presumably, there was no judgment of good or evil. There's no right or wrong or good or bad. This is bad thing happening me, happening to me, or this is good thing happening to me. It's just happening, not to me, or it's not good or bad, right? And I guess that's what the story was originally, right? Yeah. Maybe now. So, and that's really where we want to get back to, right? Not yeah. we already are, but we just have to recognize that we already are that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. It's it's all about judgment, right? It's it's it's. When I have the judgment, I think as it says in the Tao Te Ching, right? When we make that judgment, we create 10,000 things. Yep. Yeah, no, I was just thinking there's, and I don't have it memorized, but every time I hear it, I love it. So one of the Zen patriarchs, I don't know which one, said uh, the great way is easy for those that have no preferences. You know, and, and, and he goes on from there and says a bunch of other cool things, but I, I always... If there is some sort of a selfing or claiming or suffering, uh, restlessness and discontent, I go, where, where are the preferences? You know, what, what, what meaning am I giving to a preference that's kind of creating this? And that can give a good hint of, you know, before the apple was bitten, <laughs> you know, that, what, what, yeah. what, what's prior to the, uh, to the judgment. Somebody brought up in my uh, Fred Davis group, uh, what am I... What am I thinking that is more important than allowing unthinking to occur? Mm, you know, what, yeah. the mind doesn't understand unthinking, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, not, but it can't understand, okay, yeah, what's more important? <laughs> yeah. That is actually the problem. Oh, dude, that's, oh, that's a reoccurring thing for me is, uh, for me, um, when, I, when I stop, if the action figure stops, right, and then even the, the mental state slows down a little bit, I Paul will say it's a dry current of time. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, if enough things slow down, you the last thing sometimes will kind of be time, yeah. that dry current. And then in time, there's this 
one of the ways to verbalize it is what's next, right? But, and then I go like, this is slavery. <laughs> like, I, yeah, what's next? What's next? Why does something have to be next? Yeah. What about here? And, and sometimes, and this isn't a meditation or a practice. It just, it hits me out of nowhere. You know, sometimes when I come home, when I come home, when I come to your home, which is my second home here, here in the city, is uh, I'll normally be on the current of time because there's, there's, there's projects, there's deadlines, there's stuff to be done, there's problems to be solved. And uh, whether it's, um, you know, coming for a satsang, coming for a podcast, I'll come up the stairs here and I'll, and then I'll be like, what's next? Oh, there's nothing's next. Oh, fuck. Like, what a relief. Yeah, not even abandoning all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supposedly, yeah. it's too much. Seeing right? it for what it is. <laughs> that would be a next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a next. <laughs> that's like, one of the like, the next like is abandoning geographics it. or stuff like that. And it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, okay. and that's the cool thing is it can hit anywhere seemingly geographically in the space time continuum. Yeah, it can hit. <laughs> it can hit in the shower. Showers are pretty good, reliable one. But it can hit at yeah. Mike's house. It can hit uh, sitting in traffic. It can hit with my family. It can, you know, yeah. th there are there's no requirements, and it's Nick trying to get that rest is agitation right but it can the hit can yeah. come and yeah and then jumping ahead because generally you know life will move to a, a lessening of a, lot, of a lot of affairs yeah you, you, they would gradually drop away yeah. in a conventional sense for probably most people right some people are built to do a lot they would also equally be not involved in affairs but it would look on the outside to be doing a lot yeah but you know in a conventional way you would really become what the world you could see on a conventional level becoming, you know, becoming more agrarian and stuff like that. You don't need to be, you know, flying around all the place. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to be doing all this stuff, but you can't make that happen. It's no. as, it as, as what can kind of see that it should. So it, it'll, it'll jump the gun and instead of allowing it to happen, that actually becomes more of the problem yeah like, you're, you're being very busy not doing right yeah. <laughs> doing a lot of not doing <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and you're very tense about not doing things oh, i almost did something i gotta yeah and you should be you should be not doing a lot <laughs> yeah, right. but it's, it's beautiful when it comes naturally because we have or the action figures kind of accepted that and has become right it, it sees that and says okay so there's nothing really to do until there is something to do and it's just going to happen on its own that I don't need to plan it. I don't need to plan what's next. I don't need to plan. I mean, the way my guy, my, this action figures life got all derailed 30, 40 years ago is that I, it, it had to plan what's next and then after next and after next and after next as plan A or something is going to go wrong in that plan A. So let's have plan B and let's have plan C and let's have plan D. And before you know it, right, <laughs> because the action figure always thought that it had a, an obligation to plan and predict and control because the belief system was that nobody else was in charge but the action figure. Of course. And so that's such a, such a delusionary and self-inflicting state to live in, right? And this state, not that it's a state, it's our original whatever, it's such a free state because we accept right yeah. almost like a failure uh, of this action figures you know a futility of doing anything or controlling anything therefore then once it gives up or surrendered in this case a little bit at least then there's this freedom of all right ah i can relax because i don't yeah. have to drive anything 
I can just live, sit on the passenger seat and just enjoy <laughs> the view, whether it's going through South Bronx or Beverly Hills. Just enjoy it, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and sitting in the passenger seat, like you guys are both hinting towards, a lot of doing can be done. <laughs> Yeah, but there's more. just there's no more. doer yeah yeah it, that's available there could be a whole lot of do like you know um I, I had the idea of doing a podcast for five years before i finally did it you know and then once i i did it it's it's like there's been less energy in it like it's just it's just doing it's just being done you know and then i had sat and made the plan a b c and d in a smaller way but of, of what the podcast is supposed to be and i got to do introductions and i got to have a website blah, blah, blah. and then finally it's just like just let it happen the you know I, I really love the idea of the podcast being its own entity separate from nick you know let let it, it it wants to come to life let it do its thing and that's my my friends that are writers or whatever they say the same thing they're like god if i had to write a book i would never do it because that sounds like too much work, but the books write themselves. I just have to show up <laughs> and let the book write itself, you know, uh, let it reveal itself to me. And if anything, uh, I'm the archaeologist that's uncovering it. And what's cool about podcasts is it's a, it's a group archaeology. Uh, Keith sent me a, a text um, after Saturday, because I guess you guys stayed on late afterwards and talked for many hours. And he sent a text saying, oh, just just got off of the, uh, the post satsang um, coffee over Zoom, uh, such an amazing conversation. And then he said this before, but it landed for me hard. Something like conversation means to uncover or dig up. Oh, turn means to turn. Turn to turn. Yeah, That's sure. it. Turn like, back. Yeah, turn back. So there's a turning, like like uh, of like tilling up the the ground. And together, you know, one person sitting there hitting the ground isn't going anywhere. But the turning of of building off of you know ideas and, and, and thoughts and stuff can uncover new cool things yeah, and that's that I, I love that about conversations that's why this the podcast will never do an interview because it's 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 sort of like a like a battle one back to the other I like the idea of a conversation let's turn yeah. this and, and create yeah we're just being instrumental vessels through which divine whatever flows like I think Rumi said uh, the flute and this is reed flute like just made out of the, like the bamboo reed has holes yeah. in it, right? And it says, should the reed, should the flute take credit for the breath that flows through it, yeah. right? And the sunny figure wants to take credit for everything good that's happening and yeah. wants to blame itself for everything bad that's happening seemingly, right? Yeah. And so I'm that flute that's taking credit for all the breath, that's really God's breath or universe's breath that the flute has no responsibility for. It just yeah. has to be a vessel an instrument and whatever flows whatever flows right and yep. if we can be in that state it's so much more peaceful and and perhaps more productive right because if the flute starts guarding man you know it's it's gonna mess even the good songs up yeah yeah 100 percent. It, it makes me think of like um uh alan watts used to say things like when you hear your own ear then you get ringing in the ears, right? If you see your own eyes and that's cataracts, like that's mm. interesting metaphors, right? It's the same idea. If the flute thinks it's involved in the music, it can't help but fuck up the music, right? <laughs> like yeah. it, 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 when, when you see, and then Paul's beautiful metaphor of the water and the hose, mm. you know? Yeah. It, the, the, and, and really, if anything, if, you, if there's any responsibility for the hose, it's be empty and allow the fucking water to flow through. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, if, if there's a whole lot of Paul 
in the hose, it's going to obscure the water. You know, if there's a whole lot of Sonny or Nick or Mike in the flute, <laughs> it's going to obscure the wind. But if it's empty, the, the wind's able to come through, the music's able to play, and, uh, and here we are, playing the music. And that's amazing. I'll never experience tonight. It's the same way again. I'm going to laugh. <laughs> like, this is so funny. <laughs> that is just too funny. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the ears trying to, to hear. <laughs> this is the ear trying to hear it, though. Oh, wow. Feedback yeah. loop. Yeah, yeah. Feedback <laughs> loop. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, here's what I will offer. Um, I have seat assignments calling me. Um, I'll leave it up. If you guys want to continue... Continue. I think I think we're good. I think we're good. This was beautiful. This was nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, then we'll uh, the best conversations are unfinished, so we'll unfinish it here. And uh, cool. and you know what, man? I'm gonna get this on podcast uh, because I I like the idea of being genuine and putting it all out there. You've offered to um, that I can call you anytime, which that is that's the greatest gift. That anybody could have, because I, I know that you're you know uh, you're many states away from me and I have I have lots of long drives and lots of stuff that I, I do this with Keith regularly and I do this with Mike but I normally am able to wait till I see him in person to do it that things are just swimming around in my brain and I wanted I want to dig it up I want to turn it with with another you know fellow soul so the fact that you've offered that multiple times and that you're so understanding of the fact that my life is fucking crazy five kids working a whole lot uh it's it's the greatest gift i could ask for there's no well that's that's actually it's really my privilege and my blessing really you know that if you call me man i'd be tickled to death and let me share <laughs> because it's such a small community and we are lone travelers we have been right it just happens to be that way that i i think it's it's a blessing anybody who wants to call and wants to discuss this so i'll put my number out there if anybody who listens to it and wants to chat with me or talk with me, you know, it's six four. Is it okay for me to say my number? Yeah, man, go for it. Call me. Anybody is welcome to call me as long as we're talking about this, you know, hopefully. Uh, six <laughs> four six. Uh, you want to curse me out, that's fine too. Or if Rick Archer wants to call me and say, Sonny, huh, I'm going to sue you. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say too. Just, I don't hope you don't owe anybody a lot of money because they might. Yeah. You. No, I, actually, I love Rick Archer. He was a he was a beautiful <laughs> on ramp for this. Uh, so yeah, it's six four six two six 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 nine three two, and I would love. To what was the last four? Six uh, six four six two six 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 nine two two, and and I would love to receive a call from any fellow travelers and just share the oh, journey. Man. That's beautiful. What a what a cool invitation. And and I I've changed the thing on the podcast too. Uh, I I want to just throw it out there again. You guys can email me. I'm not going to give you my number. But <laughs> <laughs> dreamtalking at mail dot com. Um, I've been getting more and more. I've gotten a few from. I got some, mm. one from somebody in Australia, which is pretty cool. So um, you know, and and people that want to do the podcast or just want to talk or suggestions or whatever. Uh, the biggest suggestion so far has been to put it up on YouTube, so it's on the list. Sorry, guys, I'm really busy. I'll, <laughs> I'm gonna eventually look at how to do it. I'm sure it can't be that hard. So. Right on. Hey, Sunny, uh, what a freaking pleasure, man! Thank you for Satsang. song. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. It's been beautiful. Right on. Thank you. And I, I'll I miss, that. I'll miss both of you tomorrow, but uh, I'll see you guys Wednesday. Cool. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. See you, All man. Right. All right. Uh,
Have a good rest of the day. Yeah, same to you guys. See you tomorrow, Mike. And Nick, so it'll be it'll be Wednesday, right? We see each other. Yeah, Wednesday. if I don't call you, if I don't call you earlier. Call me, man. I mean, I really, I'm, I'm telling you, I just love, I live for these. To be honest with you. Me too, uh, bro. Yeah, because I, yeah. I couldn't care less with mundane conversations. I shut those off. I just don't have the interest. So I don't yeah. get a lot of those calls. <laughs> I've shut too many of those down. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny because I've always called them um, surface talk. Yeah. And getting back to Keith and the the turning and the tilling up is you're you're getting under the surface. You know, that's a cool little. I just thought of that just now. Is that yeah. I'll always say like I'm not down for surface talk. Like <laughs> if we're just gonna hey, how's the weather? Hey, what this this and that? I I it's like watching a Marvel movie. Like I want to yeah. fall asleep. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. but as soon as we're getting into this stuff, it fucking fires me up like nothing else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, cool. It's, so hopefully I'll hear from you before Wednesday. Right on. Yeah. All right. Okay, Sunny. <laughs> See. Thank you. Thank Take you. care.